Hello, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Yasmin and this is the Go Within podcast. It's the 2nd of January today and this marks a new day in the journey of this podcast. We start the new year with a new name and a slightly different emphasis for the conversations we will be sharing over the next 12 months. For those of you who don't know me and my story, this podcast started out as the Grassy Hopper podcast, which was named after my cafe, the Grassy Hopper. The Grassy Hopper originally started as a mobile food kiosk and eventually expanded to include a couple of cafes and a chocolate shop. And our mission was to not only serve healthy and sustainable food, but also do business in a more conscious way with more awareness. Two years ago, this mission to help people live healthier lives expanded to include a sister company called Sanya whose mission is intertwined with that of the Grassy Hopper, but it's also expanded beyond food. It was always my vision and dream to offer our clients not just food, but all of the other things that I had personally experienced in my own wellness journey, you can call it. Everything I've built during the last five years can be summarized using the words go within. It started with those healthy food meals and veggie burgers, but now has expanded to include a lot of different things that we offer at Sanya. Sanya is an eco spa and a wellness center, and as well as finding the traditional spa services such as uh, massage and uh, facials, we have taken the emphasis more to a holistic level and more getting inspiration from healing from within. We offer things like yoga, meditation, sound healing sessions, lots of different kind of complementary therapies. And we also do many different kinds of retreats, one day retreats, three, four, five day retreats, all with the emphasis of helping you learn about yourself and experience your own inner potential. I really do believe in the power of the inner world and I feel it's very important and fulfilling for us to embark on a journey to know ourselves and I say this because my own life changed so dramatically for the better once I began my own inner journey. My own journey started with food and then uh, that led to me experimenting with so many other things which have really made my life what it is today. The mission of this podcast is to inspire you and support you in your quest to do the same, to have your own inner journey. Uh, We are each blessed with our own unique life situation and challenges, um, but the beautiful gifts that going within can bring are universal. This is a journey of knowing ourselves, accepting ourselves and loving ourselves so that we can be of deeper service to those that we love, to our community and even to the world. I believe that the multiple crises that we are facing in this in this world are really a call to adventure and a challenge for all of us to not only change everything that we do, but change ourselves from the inside and change the kind of people that we are. And I hope that this podcast will support you and also create a community of those people who feel the same.
And so here we are at the first episode of the new year. I am really so happy to introduce you to this conversation with my good friend Emmeline. Emmeline is a beautiful yogi who has been on an intense journey of personal growth through yoga, one made much deeper by a particular challenge that she faced over the past two years. Emmeline actually was there with me all along the journey of starting the Grassy Hopper, those more than five years ago. So it's a conversation very dear to my heart as we've shared many things over this past few years. In this conversation, Emmeline shares her own healing story, how yoga helped her through it, and how yoga is so much more than just a physical practice. We share our thoughts on pain, love, dark night of the soul, and share what it means to us to live a meaningful life. Emmeline also shares the the top tools that helped her navigate her own challenges and I think that is really a beautiful thing that for all of you listening not only can you take inspiration but also tangible ideas of different things you can try to support your own inner journey. So here it is, Go Within Podcast, enjoy. I'm so grateful to all of you for tuning in and joining this mission to help and support each other to go within. So let's jump right in. Hems, <laughs> welcome. Thank you. I'm really, really happy that you agreed to come behind the mic. <laughs> <laughs> really happy to be here. So I just want to start this conversation since this is the Go Within podcast and just ask you what first triggered your journey to go within because you know there's so many human beings on this planet and actually not that many of us realize the power that the inner world has and how important that inner dive is and I think there's a a real beauty to those sort of first moments that you get those Mm -hmm. callings and so I'd love for you to share how that went down for you sure um I, I would say it happened in many different ways sort of it's like it starts trickling in slowly in, from, in the form of books and conversations and then a whole new world starts to open up you know I think there were a couple of books that I read that started to open my mind and started to make me just think of things a little bit differently like um the power of now uh, which was quite a quite an important one really started to it just shifts something in your mind and you know the book might not necessarily be a favorite for many people but it's just about which one rings true to you and that really started to shift my mindset I remember I was living in England at the time and um, it really really started to make me think differently but again there was that and and sort of um, I can't really remember any sort of major occurrence afterwards but um, I suddenly just started attending yoga classes and um, I'm not quite sure what what was attractive uh, about yoga to me I, I keep trying to go back now that it's I think one of the biggest things in my life I keep trying to go back to that initial moment what drew me in and I'm not quite sure what it was but yoga changed my entire life Um, And it started with sessions, it started with simple lessons that I started to go to here in Malta. And and it became something much deeper and much bigger when um, I traveled to India and I started, obviously, the people you meet um, when you're traveling have very different conversations to the people we're used to meeting in our 
daily lives, especially at the ages of 18, 19, you know, we're in Malta and everything's pretty much sort of very surface. <laughs> um, and that that changed everything, you know, the yoga philosophy, talking about um, our bodies and our minds in a way that I had never sort of discussed before with anyone else. And I think yoga changed my entire life and was definitely the invitation to go within. So would, would you say that sort of you started maybe, as we all do really, you know, we go to yoga and we don't really realize the depth of the practice. You know, we kind of start on the surface because that's where we are. And then slowly you realize like, wow, it's such a deep uh, philosophy and it's not just about what you do on the mat, but how you are. Of course. I mean, and and I'd say that yoga always does start as a surface kind of thing. You you can see like you're working with your body, which is sort of the heaviest sort of level of being, this gross part of ourselves that is our physical body. And my journey with food started alongside my journey with yoga. So it was all about the body, you know, and nutrition and but yoga as a as as a practice you know, this is what makes it different from everything else. Even the exercises that are uh, given to you in a yoga practice are made to move the body in a way that starts to uh, create sort of... Um, in the philosophy, we, we say it releases sort of trapped maybe energies or emotions, you know. They're not... It's not like any other practice. The movements are designed particularly to help release um so yes it's definitely much more than that and and when you take an interest in yoga and you start to go beyond the body and read the philosophy and and what the wisdom it has to give then you start to understand why you know these exercises came about they are just one part of a much deeper practice it's funny because you know the indian system has recognized this sort of connection between the physical body and the mind and the emotions, which yes. is something that we are only really starting to accept in the mainstream now. Um, yes. I actually heard a, a really funny um, interview with um, a very famous naturopathic doctor who specializes in heart disease. And, and he was saying how when he was a young doctor, um, his professor thought it was really radical that he was saying the mind and the body are connected and he just sort of went well how else would you get an erection <laughs> and it's actually so true because unless your mind is exactly. you know in that sexually aroused state your body is never going to follow you know yes. um so it's really funny that it's taken us so long to catch on in the west that yes the body and mind are connected and we need to deal with the things that are lying beneath the surface totally and I mean, I mentioned before that, like, you read the scriptures or you discuss yoga philosophy because I understand the scriptures aren't easy to read. You know, you need somebody to sort of have the knowledge to be able to give you that information in perhaps a different way. But it's not just about that. It's like, let's leave that to the side for a second and move more into how we feel after we practice, move more into how um, the end part of a yoga class is where we feel we can totally just sit in complete silence and feel this sense of freedom you know this sense of complete serenity that um, yes sometimes we can feel after doing other forms of exercise but with yoga it's particularly heightened you know 
And I think that's a really beautiful place to begin to go within from. There's there's a real nice invitation there to start having these conversations of, but what am I feeling? Like, what am I doing? And, and why is it giving me this sense of freedom, this sense of serenity? And and then a whole, you know, new world starts <laughs> to open up of possibilities, which is beautiful. And, and really, um, I, I was very curious at this stage. It was it was really wonderful to start to explore all of this idea of how uh, yoga was gifting me other things and mm. not just you know benefiting my body. Yeah, I think this this conversation about emotions and how we feel is a really important one um, and one that again it's not really like commonplace for us. I feel to be very adept at understanding and even interpreting our own feelings. Um, I meet so many people who when they feel upset and you ask them, how do you feel? They say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Which is really crazy when you think about it, because if you don't know, then no one else is no. going to be able to know. It's our own feelings, but I feel like we've become very disconnected. Um, and it's funny because I think we're two very different people. Um, we sort of had opposite struggles, I feel, with emotion, whereas maybe you felt more overwhelmed by emotion. I felt most isolated, and, and it was hard for me to get in touch with those emotions but sort of whichever end of the spectrum you're at yoga brings you into this yes into this middle ground yes um uh uh-huh I'm not quite sure how to uh, resonate with the way you have sort of had to experience emotion I I definitely have struggled with this idea of trying to find a balance with emotions you know I'm a little bit too sensitive and sometimes emotions can be a bit overpowering and and I think everybody in their life comes to this stage where they're trying to understand when to sort of give in to the emotion and understand that that emotion is trying to teach you something trying to push you forward to understand and to learn and to grow as a human being which is so important you know but also when to know not to let it take over and let it dictate your life you know so this I mean will I ever learn this balance? I don't know. I feel like I've come to a place where I've definitely able to control it more, but um, it's it's a really sort of interesting conversation to have, this one about emotions, because on the one hand, you can't let them, you know, be your entire world, but you also can't ignore the fact that they have something to teach you. Um, It's about recognizing when when to go there and when to not yeah I think a lot of us feel scared of being overwhelmed by emotion it's funny we almost feel like if we feel them we're gonna get totally lost and sort of drown in them um and it's I, I listened to this this talk the other day which was saying that when we actually feel our emotions within 60 to 90 seconds they're flushed out of our body but we can spend days weeks months even years just resisting them Yes. And it's more that fear of feeling them and the fear of them overwhelming us that is the problem yes. more than the actual emotion themselves, which it's true. Like if you do any kind of sort of yoga class, which gives you a big emotional release or any emotional release therapy, you can literally walk out after a one hour class and feel totally different and, and totally released. Completely. <laughs> and this is where I feel like I've been feeling very passionate about this idea of wanting to be educated more about our mind you know because our mind is just this incredible powerful tool 
and it sometimes hinders us and sometimes helps us and uh, emotions aren't necessarily always something to be sort of um, magnified or given too much attention to like sometimes you just need to let them arise you watch them you feel them and like you're saying sometimes within a minute or so that they've come through you and passed you know but a lot of us who are uh, quite dominated by our mind we get stuck there and we don't act as this channel to allow them to just flow through we we keep them we hang on to them we, we hold them way too tightly and we start to define ourselves by them, you know, and how we feel. And I think I've definitely been there before. And something that could have easily come and passed through remains stuck because you're repetitively playing it over in your mind. And um, yes, I feel that uh, we we need to be a bit more aware of how our mind uh, has a really sort of pivotal role in this kind of processing. Yeah, I guess it's a question of attachment as well. We're just generally quite attached to things and identities, whether they be emotions or careers or material things. Definitely. Um, and I think this is, again, a, a thing we can really learn from the East, which is, and I mean, even within our own traditions, if you really go back to the roots of Christian mysticism, they also had a very simple and detached life. Um, but we've become so attached to the things in our lives. Um, that then we also become attached to our emotions. And I actually totally. had some points in my journey where I realized that I was really attached to feeling negative things. Yes, oh my God. Um, and you, you won't even <laughs> realize so. sort of how much you're clinging <clears throat> to feelings which are uncomfortable, which just, it sounds crazy. Um, but I obviously the yoga and the meditation, they create that sort of witnessing the witness we call it yes where you sort of you see them and you know you are not them yes. and that's obviously a really big help then and not sort of yes getting it, overwhelmed and drowning in them yes and it, it takes a lot of mental strength and willpower to put this into practice but then again you know the the philosophy is presented to you the ideas are presented to you and you can use your mind to really great effect you know in understanding that i can use my mental power to control these feelings and maybe separate myself from them and just let them be what they are and then let them go. Um, so the all of this really does help, you know, the, the idea of the witness in meditation, just letting things arise and watching them come and go. Yeah. Um, but the idea of letting pain define you is definitely not foreign to me. I... I spent, uh, life has sort of given me a lot of experiences where um, it's really asked me to put yoga into practice. <laughs> um, so this is where I think when you are really trying to be true to your journey as a yogi, um, applying all that you've learned on your mat in terms of Everything we learn about the body can be applied into life, you know, just when we are entering a physical stretch that can be a little bit uncomfortable. We always advise our students to try and understand uh, that the discomfort is sometimes there and that it's not everything, that we are just watching it unfold as, as we support it in allowing our body to release and let the muscles loosen and let the sort of, let everything take place. And life just does the exact same thing to you, you know, with, without this attachment, 
we are supposed to be able to separate ourselves from the experiences that are happening before us and be able to watch them and let them take place because for some reason they are happening for us, you know, not to us. Um, and in my most uncomfortable times, I, there was a, a, like a, an entire stretch of two years where I was in a lot of pain and I, I had finally recently felt like I was at a point in my life where I was able to let that pain go and it was time. And logically it made sense, emotionally it felt that way, but something was stopping me and I couldn't quite understand what it was. And I realized that without my pain, I was really lost. I didn't know who I was. I definitely was not the person I was before my pain, but I don't know who I am now after it or without it. So I was grabbing onto it for dear life because it it was me, you know, and I didn't quite know where I where I was without it and redefining ourselves, finding who we are all over again at, at the age of 30, you know, is not easy. So we do, we do hang on to pain. It's true, the, the idea might sound completely, you know, absurd, but, <laughs> but it's true. It's, yeah. And you feel very lost without it at first. So it's hard to let go of pain. We're very attached. Yeah. In uh, most people will think that they attach themselves to just good things, but no, we are totally attached to what we perceive as negative things as well. And we're also very scared of experiencing negative things as well we we almost have a really strong aversion to the bad but in yoga we learn that we should not get attached to the good but we also we can't have so much of an aversion to the bad either because either is an attachment an illusion (laughs) yes either is an illusion yeah it reminds me of the beautiful verse from the Bhagavad Gita which says the real yogi is one who sees sameness in distress and happiness yes and I always try to remember that when I'm feeling either really good or really bad. Yes. Um, but I think what you're sharing is really, really beautiful. And it, it, you know, I'm fascinated with the idea of the dark night of the soul um, because it's been my experience personally. And what I see is that a lot of people who are trying to become more conscious and more mindful of their life get pushed into very deep challenges. And I think to really... As you said, you know, you get to the point where you have to kind of take this leap of faith and become someone new. You know, you said sort of, I wasn't the person who I was before the pain, but I don't know who is coming after the pain. So you you sort of have to be reborn in a sense. Um, And sometimes I think only a challenge that is so deep as to be called a dark night of the soul can really force us to have that level of renewal and really sort of step forward naked into becoming someone new and it's obviously very painful and difficult because I mean dark night of the soul the name the name says it all you know I it's, mean, let's say, it's not uh, fun no a more appropriate title would be the dark years of the soul yeah. <laughs> yes because it's a very long night <laughs> very long yeah. um, and and you know whenever I've been in a dark night of the soul because I've had a few of them um, which yeah have been more than nights you always feel like you're never going to get out of it and I think yes. that's the scariest thing because you think I might be like this for the rest of my life. Um, and yeah, as you said, it's, it's sort of a taboo, you know. We're not really accustomed to dealing with these things out in the open. You know, we have a lot of shame, you know. If we're not happy, if we're not good, we feel like we're a burden on the people around us. We, we try to hide ourselves and we reject our very own feelings. Completely. 
which then keeps us stuck in that dark night <laughs> completely and which i think uh makes the pain so much more magnified than it should be you know and and this is it uh i don't know many people who are even able to admit that they have pain it's like speaking about pain is this you know huge dark cloud that's going to i don't know infect everyone or something <laughs> it's ridiculous you know we have pain we are humans i think if we weren't humans that's the only okay that doesn't make any sense <laughs> i think if we didn't have pain we wouldn't be human we wouldn't be here you know pain is part of human life and there's beauty in understanding that there's beauty in expressing it because pain is really the doorway to wisdom it really is the doorway to wisdom and and growth and knowledge and beauty in in every sense of the these words you know you really gain a lot from pain but if it were in such a taboo like you said if it, if it you know if if we only opened up to it because i think there are many people who have pain and do not get this other side of the coin they do not get the beauty they do not get the wisdom because they cannot own their pain they cannot fully and confidently and proudly say that they've been in pain and it's like when when you can't share what you've experienced or when you don't even believe that you are worthy of gaining something from this experience then you're not going to gain anything you know yeah. it's 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 a bit sad to think that that happens to people that there is pain but they choose not to uh, use it for all it's worth a lot of lost wisdom a lot it's <laughs> going lot. down the drain there yes and i mean if you think about it logically without going anywhere sort of into yoga or spirituality or all this stuff um if you live a pretty normal life where nothing really major happens and everything's okay and there's not much depth to i don't know to to have all these conversations about or question or i feel like the brain brings about the questions brings about the the seeking for some kind of wisdom to help you grow you know it's a depth you know i think yeah. it's 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 also you know if you don't go deep into your pain you can't go to the same depth of love and joy totally um you know there's a beautiful book the prophet um and that's exactly what he says you know that the love the joy and the pain are your bedfellows you know they come they both exactly. sit by your side and the extent to which you accept one is the extent to which you accept both and i have to say me myself that really has been my experience and i feel like the more work i did to go deep into my pain and my shadow and and all the things we don't really want to see in ourselves it really opened me up to new depths of love the the love that i could have for myself and for the people around me and i think that's that's the biggest shame you know when we turn away from our pain we're also turning away from the full potential of how much we can be in this world completely completely and sometimes it happens the other way around you know sometimes you get the depth of love and that brings the pain yes and it doesn't really matter which way it happens what matters is that you are open to the pain after the love or the love after the, the pain, pain. Yes. it doesn't really matter yeah. but you have to you have to be willing to be that seer yeah 
so that you can receive both mm-hmm. you know and it's it's almost like when we really love something there's also a bit of pain there you yes, know this pain that we didn't have this love before that we m- might lose this love there's after risk. there's risk you know there's you can also almost love so much that it's painful of course um, and it's the same like sometimes painful feelings can almost feel a bit satisfying as well yes um, totally i mean we decide you know we're the ones who decide whether whether there is going to be such a deep love that there can be pain as well we can keep that from happening by like i said kind of keeping it on the surface level all the time so that by keeping yourself from experiencing real deep love you keep yourself safe from ever possibly experiencing deep pain so you're in control always it's your choice yeah Control is one of those uh, dangerous things. Yes, control <laughs> is what my pain seems to have come to teach me. <laughs> because I, I love to be in control. <laughs> and the the pain, if you are really, you know, if you are truly seeing um, yourself and other people, you know, just with love, you will learn so much about yourself. So much. Yeah. And you will grow in such a beautiful way. Like this is... I've started to see pain in such a different light that I'm almost not really scared of experiencing it anymore because I've just seen the gifts that it can bring. Yeah. I remember when my grandfather died a couple of years ago, or maybe more more than a few years ago now. Um, he was actually the first really close person in my life that died. And it was so painful that it broke my heart open in a sense. And I was very sort of surrendered to this pain I really let it flow through me and it sounds crazy but there was such a joy and such a love there at the same time it's it it broke my heart open that I felt so connected to the whole universe I felt connected to other people and my sense of compassion was really heightened and it was really you know the culmination for me of this lesson of the the connection between pain and and love Yes, completely. I mean, I felt that in a, in a, I had never really lost and I still haven't sort of had anybody alive around me who has passed away. But, you know, those who know me know I've, I lost a child and I was quite far into my pregnancy when it happened. So there was already an attachment, you know, there was already a control in my mind. This is what's going to happen to me. And, and I think from losing the child, Initially, I didn't really feel this, you know, joy was nowhere to be seen. (laughs) It wasn't making an appearance anywhere. It was just about all the attachments I had created in my mind based on what I thought I was going to have, you know, eventually. But once I started to learn more from this pain and why it came about into my life, and because I made a personal choice to use this experience to to grow, to change, to understand perhaps that maybe it had some lessons for me, there's there's a real peace that comes about. And I think this is what I've experienced in the depths of pain, that sometimes it takes you to a depth where eventually you start to experience real peace. And uh, from this peace, you start to get an understanding, you know, an understanding that this is life. Life is fragile. Things come and things go. And and the more you open up to the possibility that sometimes life is painful, the more able you are to handle it when it does happen, I think. And I don't think I would 
feel, I mean, I hope I sort of act this way to others, but I feel like this experience brought about such humility and the ability to be so compassionate. And if there's anything these qualities give you, it's the ability to love another and love yourself first and foremost, but to love another really and truly, you know, I'm not saying, you know, love your friend or love your boyfriend or love your husband or your parents, even though those are always people we love, but even love the people you find hard to love, you know, because you can resonate now. You've been in a place where you've needed real love, you know, you've needed to be held and cared for and you've needed compassion from people and you came through it and now you can really give that to others in a really beautiful way, you know. So this is just scratching the surface of the gifts that you can receive from a dark night of the soul, as you call it, you know. Um, thank you so much for sharing the details of sort of what you went through that triggered your dark night of the soul because again you know so many women lose children and or want to have children and can't and there's there's so much shame that we feel I think as women surrounding our our motherhood and if we feel like we don't live up to some standard that we would like like to be um so i think you know for anyone that's listening to this you know who maybe has passed through such a difficult situation that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you can move on in your life and still experience you know huge depths of love and peace Um, but we need to sort of you know bring these experiences and hug them tight and let them transform us instead of pushing them away yes Um, and through this experience there was you know like i said it's I feel like I've only now really stepped into my power, the power that this experience had to give me. But it's been a long journey of, you know, being very hard on myself, being very judgmental towards myself and feeling very unworthy of being, you know, a mother or, you know, somebody who's deserving of love because that kind of loss has an impact, a very big impact on your mind, on your body, on your, on everything, you know, on your entire life. And you have to be very committed towards shifting that and changing it um, and understanding it and knowing that it has these gifts to bring eventually. But it was, it was a difficult journey. And the only advice I have would be to not give up, you know, that this is when you really tap into those tools of faith and trust and really believe that this was given to you for a reason and, and there is there is a light at the end of the tunnel, like you said. Yeah. I think um, the shame is obviously a big barrier to us sort of moving through because we feel very ashamed of ourselves, um, as you mentioned, like the not feeling worthy. Yes. And uh, Brené Brown in her very famous TED Talk uh, yes. sort of showed that you know we all see connection we want to connect we want to be loved and our shame is what we feel is going to block us away from connection um, but it's actually the fear of the shame not the you know not the unworthiness itself which is our biggest barrier because I mean, if you ever have any friend who is going through an experience like this, you would never think less of them. You just love them more because you see their suffering. Completely. But when it's us and ourselves, we just, you know, we really yes, beat ourselves down. To be honest, this experience has taught me so much because obviously 
I mean, I love to open up to people, people who are willing to hear, people who want to share. I, I'm I'm so happy to share my story. And in turn, people really open up, you know, and share theirs. And it's really beautiful. And of course, we can experience something that's massive in our lives that is going to cause a real lot of trauma to, you know, your entire mind and your body and everything. But like I said, I, I started to have a really deep respect for the mind because it is so powerful in the way it can create both, you know, extreme joy or the opposite, which is depression. And people go through things that are not necessarily traumatic from an outsider's perspective. They can be very, you know, very, small. very yeah. small, very, you know, and and they can create the effects of trauma in the mind. Um, and that I think sometimes can create more shame because people don't feel like they deserve to feel the way they feel because nothing major happened to them, you know? Um, so it's, it's funny in a way. I think the fact that I had something big to accept in my life sort of helped propel me forward and helped me understand and be more compassionate towards myself because... I did lose something very big, but I think there are people who experience, like you said, smaller things and and are so hard on themselves because they feel they don't have a right to be feeling, let's say, depressed or in pain or hurt or angry or anything of that sort. And this is where, you know, um, compassion as a quality needs to start taking over the way we interact with one another as humans, I think. Because if only we started to speak more about our experiences with this kind of compassion, I think we'd be so able to heal one another from from anything that we experience, you know. (laughs) That self-compassion is always the hardest, the hardest part. Yes, self-compassion is the hardest. Um, And it's not easy to be compassionate towards yourself when you are going through a hard time. Um, And... I think seeking help from people who do understand the mind and people who are sort of professionally trained to guide you. Um, I'll just go ahead and say that like it's in our society, especially here in Malta, I feel it's really there's still this stigma about speaking to a professional psychiatrist, you know, and and just get, getting some help in how your mind functions. I think people are still so ashamed of doing that and I think it's the best thing someone can do I honestly do I think it can change the way we view a situation the way we perceive it the effects it's having on us and there is absolutely nothing shameful in that if anything there is power in that Uh, there's a there's a real help you can gain from something like that I think you actually just answered the next question I was going to ask you, (laughs) but maybe you have some others to add. I was actually going to ask you sort of over this last, you know, two years um, of you you making your way through this painful uh, healing process, what were maybe, you know, two or three things that really helped you make it through? So I, the yoga was the number one thing. Um, Obviously it's my entire life and on teaching just I mean teaching I I don't really like the word teaching sharing in you know from that kind of space because I love to uh, share my yoga with others is is something that has fed me so much sometimes I feel like I'm I'm more anxious when I'm actually the one taking the lesson (laughs) for some reason 
the one giving giving the class has just been a real healer for me. I feel like I enter this space where I'm sort of somewhere else, you know, it's really beautiful. Um, speaking to somebody for professionally, like I just said, um, I really encourage people to try different different ones, especially if they don't feel like they resonate. Like I, I really wanted to find somebody who was professionally trained in the mind because I wanted to learn more about my mind. And and I think you need to be proed by somebody who understands the depths of the mind and, and the subconscious mind because, you know, there are there are things that I didn't understand and I wanted to know more about. But I also needed somebody who spoke my language, you know, who understands that I am sort of quite spiritually connected and that is a part of how I would like to heal. And, and I wanted the two to come together. And I mean, I found the perfect person, not in Malta, but um, I am just I am in awe of the conversations we had, you know, and and when you do that and you find the right person, you just you know exactly why it's the right thing you know because it's just beautiful what can come of this kind of uh this process it's i like to i think i would compare it to like a tense muscle you know we have a tense muscle and it's not going away it's not going away and what do we do we visit you know a masseuse so that they can massage and they can ease the muscle and slowly it starts to open up it's the same with the mind, you know, why do we take it upon ourselves to fix everything about our minds? <laughs> like sometimes you need a professional who understands, like I said, who probes in the right ways and starts to untangle the knot because that's what it is. You know, that's what experiences create. They create these subconscious knots that are really embedded deep within the mind and they need to be untangled. And this is why I feel there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. I think, you know, I, of course, speaking to a friend is therapeutic, going deep within yourself and helping yourself is therapeutic, but um, I would really, really highly recommend finding somebody professional who resonates and who can help ask the questions that need to be asked. And my biggest healer is nature. There is nothing, un there's nothing like it. It's just so healing to be in a place where there is quiet, there is fresh air, there are trees, there is ocean. I don't know, we all resonate with different things. But I started to find that I needed it daily. Like every single day I needed a walk in a place that was free from cars, free from noise, free from too many people and where the dominant energy was nature. And it's very subtle and beautiful the way it works i feel like just watching nature and the earth in the way it 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 provides us with everything we need is has been such a healing a healing um activity for me it reminded me of a quote from my meditation teacher which is peace is the nature like the natural sort of state is peace exactly um, it's only us that disturbs it so yes. it's sort of like nature is very harmonious but our mind and our ego is what creates tension really yes <laughs> yes and being in that peace reminds you that you are peace that peace is within and that sometimes we need peace yeah we can't be in this crazy busy world all the time I don't believe that that is our nature either, you yeah. know. 
So uh, nature reminds us of of what we really are and we need to be reminded quite often. Yeah. That sort of comes back to the full circle of what we started the conversations talking about yoga. And actually in its essence, that w- that is what yoga is. It's sort of a, a methodology to remind us that we are the soul. And that yes. soul is always at peace. <laughs> it's just this body-mind <laughs> which yeah. sort of forgets that we have this innate nature within us. Yes. Um, so I'm actually really glad to discuss yoga because we haven't had a podcast yet where we've really gone into the depth of yoga <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, a really nice conversation and I, I'd, I'd like to you know deepen the conversation about yoga in Malta um, because it's it's lovely to see there are so many schools now here there's so many people more people practicing loads of different styles yes um, but at the same time we're sort of missing the more depth part of it the philosophy the lifestyle off your mat um, and, you know, for me, I, I always took the responsibility of being a yoga teacher very seriously because I feel, okay, if I'm representing this practice, then I need to be trying my best to reflect it in a, in a good light. Yes. Um, and I get very surprised, to be honest, to meet yoga teachers who've never even done any meditation um, because our culture now has taken yoga as just the physical exercise. Yeah. Um, but really yoga is as you said, that foundation which can create all of this healing in in every aspect of our lives. Completely. I mean, I feel like, again, you know, the podcast is called Go Within and, and it's this invitation to depth that I want to acknowledge can be very sort of scary sometimes and can maybe make us face, make us start to question our structured lives, our stable lives, and it may start to shake things up a bit, you know. And I think sort of from my journey of going within, I would like to really sort of emphasize this, that it doesn't matter, like not everything needs to change, like your whole entire world doesn't need to break down, like it's it's about a one step at a time kind of thing, you know, just... It's funny to use such a vague word, but I, I'd say like it's a constant search for truth. And I know truth is is very sort of open to interpretation, but I would describe it as this sort of nagging feeling within, you know, a sort of knock on my door that would keep knocking whether or not I ever gave it attention. And you will start to learn as you go deeper into your search for who you are and and deeper into your journey of yoga that eventually when a truth is trying to make itself available and trying to make itself known within you, you will have to pay attention to it. So, like I said, your entire world doesn't need to shift. Your entire world doesn't need to break down. Yeah, you know, you don't need to make the changes that you don't want to make, but try in your best way to answer that calling in in the way you can and slowly sort of the shifts will start to take place by themselves in a, in a very natural way like i said i i feel like i'm very dominated by my mind so emotions coming and going you know it, it didn't happen sort of as breezily as it sounds i felt very stuck sometimes and i felt very confused because I was scared, you know, things that that kept me safe were starting to break down and and I felt very unsafe. Um, 
pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I mean, it's beautiful. Like, I, I always say to people, don't let the knock on the door get too loud, you know, because the universe knocks, you know, a little, a little polite knock. Yeah. And if you don't answer, that knock is going to keep getting louder. And the universe sort of has to bring bigger disturbances in our, into our totally. life to sort of get our attention because we're very good at staying comfortable and sort of ignoring yes. those knocks. Because yes, at the end of the day, change is hard, change is scary. You have to face the unknown. Um but, you know, the universe will put us into that stage where we just can't stay still anymore. And I really do believe that sort of our inner healer can always face what the universe throws our way. Completely. I do believe that. And, you know, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, um, we do have to have faith in ourselves that, listen, the universe is bringing you this because you have the strength to to go through it and process it. And... You know, I love archetypes. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, one of the, the key archetypes is the wounded healer. And most people who are, you know, spreading a message of love and supporting people to live a better life, they are wounded healers that they've all passed through their own journey. And I think that is one of the, the biggest things that can make our pain have meaning. Because the worst thing is to have pain which is meaningless. Yeah. Um, but I've met very few people who have a lot of love who haven't had a lot of hurt in their life and me myself as well I had quite an easy first few years of my life um, and I wasn't very compassionate because of that you know I, I sort of dismissed people's pain like oh they're just weak until then I was you know knee deep and you know neck deep in my own pain I was like oh no they're not weak you know this is this is hard being here and it gave me so much more compassion so that when I see people in pain now, my heart is with them. I can actually empathize with them. Yes. Um, and I, I do often say to people, like, listen, if you're going through a, a tough time, this is exactly what you need to be able to help people. Yeah. And we all want to help people at the end of yes. the day. <laughs> totally. We all want to be there for one another, you know. And, um, yeah, it, like we said, you know, there's there's always growth. And... Hopefully we can give each other this message of courage, you know, because really and truly and one of the laws, like if you if you are into yoga and you've been through sort of a little bit of the, the knowledge of the chakras and you understand one of the very sort of fundamental truths in our lower chakras is that all is well, all is always well, you know, nothing can happen to us We in this life. And beyond that is going to make us sort of suffer. We're, we're always okay. If you have the courage to accept the things that come your way, you will be well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's more a matter of... Perspective. Perspective, <laughs> yes. Perspective and, and acceptance of yeah. what, 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 what we have, what we don't have, what we have and gets taken away. And yeah. I think it's it's... So it's just this, what we were saying before, that we create our own happiness, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think, you know, someone hearing that might feel, whoa, you know, like, even if they're suffering, all is well, you know, that we can actually never truly suffer. Like, some people might be listening to that and think like, but I have very real suffering. I've lost this, I've lost that, I've had this done to me. And what would you say to someone like, because I know it's, it's very hard, you know, sometimes we, we're very stuck in feeling this sense of injustice of what happened to us. Like, what would you say to someone who's sort of facing that situation? 
I mean, definitely suffering is real, you know, that this doesn't take away the reality of it. But the fact is that we cannot change it and that we are at a crossroads and we can choose which way we're going to look at the suffering. We're either going to sort of dwell in it and, you know, keep feeling like the victim of our of our life circumstances or our pain and but that doesn't really take us anywhere so this is it you know it's it's a personal choice it comes down to the way you want to view it and if you view it as something that has happened and something that you wish to integrate in your life as a part of yourself a part of your beauty then like I said I think it has many gifts to give you and it can really propel you forward you know I mean I think I can say now that I'm out of sort of that whole dark night of the soul that it really made me face some personal patterns that I don't think I would have ever shifted without it. And coming from sort of, I know as women and well, as humans, we all have issues with insecurities. We all have issues with sort of being worthy enough and but I feel like I've suffered very particularly, you know, with those in depth in my life as opposed to anything, any other challenges. And I don't think I would have reached a level of personal power that I, the level of personal power I have now without that challenge. I think I had dealt with it for a long time in my life and had reached a satisfactory sort of state with it, but not the level I'm at now. And and I think I chose it, you know. Yeah. I chose this lesson and I chose to reach this this place yeah. from what I was given. And yeah. if if you choose to, there are there are there is a lot available to you, you know, that you can you can help. I think you know, one of our biggest issues collectively is, you know, the feeling sorry for ourselves. And sometimes you know, almost the worst thing is when you have when you're right to feel sorry, as in someone did do something bad yes. to you. Yes. Or we, life was hard on you, you know. Yeah. So we feel like, you know, why should I sort of take responsibility when I am the victim? You know, really and truly. It's it's very hard when yes, something bad was done to you. Um, but at the end of the day, we're only gonna cause ourselves more pain and you know, as much as we need to feel the pain and grieve, and yes, you know, you do need to feel a bit sorry for yourself at the beginning, there comes a point where, you know, you do need to sort of move forward. Yes, because at the end of the day, it's you who sits in suffering, you know. We are in control of our own lives, our own happiness. We choose all of these things. And, you know, yes, you tell someone who's been pained, especially not by a life situation, but by a person that they are choosing their pain and they probably want to slap <laughs> yeah. you across the face. <laughs> Good thing this isn't live. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you are choosing to be, you know, to feel the way yeah. you feel. And, and that person is not going to change anything for yeah. you. I mean, you hear stories even of mothers who forgave the murderers of their sons, for example, you know, it's possibly nothing more painful than that in this this reality. And you think, wow, like what a depth of soul to be able to rise above that level of pain and actually bring forgiveness and love. I think that's what really inspired me in the beginning of my journey, sort of seeing people like this and thinking like, wow, how do they love so much? Like, I want to get a heart that big. (laughs) I think these people recognize that in forgiving, they are saving themselves, you know. I, I mean, obviously, 
forgiving is amazing for the person who actually sort of did the crime or whatever yeah. but you are also saving yourself from a lifetime of pain and sort of misery that comes with such attachment to 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 a situation you know you it, it's there's a freedom that comes from forgiveness yeah. and there's nothing more beautiful than freedom you know from from anything in life forgiveness this... is a very mystical thing i think uh-huh. um i always remember this quote that says sort of you know it's a mystical thing like you can't turn it on and turn it off like even if mentally you say i need to forgive it doesn't necessarily mean forgiveness is gonna come and no. we sort of have to just sort of prepare the ground and kind of sit and hope that uh, completely and this is where something like self-compassion is so important you know i remember whilst not feeling so great uh, the hardest thing was the frustration of wanting to feel good but not being able to feel it the frustration of wanting to forgive wanting to let go wanting nothing more than those things but not being able to because it just wasn't the time yet you know life had more to give at that point in time there was more to learn and you need to be compassionate you know it's really important to help yourself as well and some so another you mentioned before what are the tools that really help and writing really really helped me and i'm not somebody who sort of sits at a book and writes with total ease i'm i'm very sort of this issue of control really inhibits my writing because i feel like my mind is too much as opposed to a free sort of flow of words it's, it doesn't work that way with me but i found that even though i was frustrated and even though i was unable to let go even though i wanted to let go and i found that even just writing sort of a little note to myself to say you know it's okay like you you are in this place and it's fine to be here you want to forgive and you will keep trying to forgive and forgiveness will come or you want to let go or you whatever it is that you're feeling but you can't quite reach that feeling yet you know just be compassionate write it down I, I really believe in this fake it till you make it kind of thing, <laughs> kind of motto. It works, you know, yeah. like you might not be feeling totally joyful, but you have to sort of pretend that you are until it starts to come about, you know, especially when you sort of reach the depths of the of the of the life experience. There's a sense of hopelessness that can come about, which is very, very, very hard to feel. That's when you use fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> that's when it that's when you really have to believe. Yeah. Believe in in the vision that you're going somewhere because you will get there, but you really have to have that that attitude at that really sort of the deepest time, you know. In a, in a way the sort of first dark night of the soul is the hardest because once you've made it through the first one and you felt that confusion and that frustration and that it's never going to end and you get through it then the second time you're like okay i felt like this before and i got through it so maybe next yeah. time i'm gonna get through it uh-huh um, and again this is why we need to tell these stories because you know everyone's going through these experiences yes um, to a, a greater or lesser sort of level of awareness and we need to remind each other that you are going to get through it you know Completely. we need to sort of awaken our inner warriors and say listen i'm gonna i'm gonna get through this Yes, you're going to get through this and not only are you going to get through it, but you're actually going to receive so much from it. 
that's a real reward we need to keep our eyes on, I think, so that we understand that it's not for nothing, you know. There's a lot that comes out of it. And in fact, a lot of people, if you ask them after going through a trauma, I remember listening to the story of one guy who lost, uh, I think, his left arm in a when they told him like would you take it back he said no i mean he lost two limbs you know but he received so much transformation through his healing process that he said literally i wouldn't take it back um which i think is a really you know wow such such wisdom you know to completely and let these people be an inspiration you know because Many of us are gift are, are so blessed that we don't need to go through that level of trauma to receive gifts. Like we're we're lucky that we can face sort of quite a minor challenge and really receive sort of wisdom from it. And I guess this is all sort of what it means to live life on this beautiful conscious level, you know, which is there is a lot that you can you can receive from being living on this conscious level. Yeah. I think, you know, something sort of interesting is, is just to to share with people who are going through these kind of experiences to seek like-minded people because um, you do need to have those people who have sort of a more openness to the spiritual dimension, I think, to, to really get through crises like this. I mean, yes. I, I think you can get through a, a trauma without spirituality and I, I've known many people who do, but I think when you bring this sort of level of meaning and awareness to the experience, you do come out transformed in, in a deeper way. Yes. And I think, you know, in Malta, maybe we have a little bit less sort of access to these kind of communities. Um, and, and that's exactly why I started Sanya, because I want it to be a hub where people can come and find like-minded people and find the support and the encouragement and the people who are not going to judge them because they're in pain or because they're going through you know their own challenge but think wow this what an opportunity you know this is and and sort of celebrate it almost um but i I do know a lot of people who are feeling very isolated so i I do want to just you know make a note to people that if this is you if you feel isolated just reach out to you know it doesn't have to be us but anyone who can sort of help you bring this level of meaning to to the experience Completely. And I I really feel that the more and more this community grows, the more uh, people start speaking about their experiences in this way to one another, I think the less heavier the burden of pain of whatever it is, it doesn't, we keep saying pain, yes, but it, it could be, you know, that your life is dominated by anger, let's say, or, you know, there is a heaviness or whatever it may be that disappointment a disappointment uh, resentment anything i think carrying those those feelings will just get lighter and lighter because we'll start to see that it is a normal part of life and it is something that we all have to carry or go through at some point in time and and we start to eliminate feelings like shame like frustration like the idea of unworthiness, you know, all of these at least start to maybe get um, pushed aside. Yeah. And then it's more a matter of just dealing with the ma- with, with the situation at hand or yeah. the emotion you're feeling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing your story, you know, because um, this, you know, this is the, the beginning of, you know, many stories that I want to tell yeah. um, along these lines, the go within lines. <laughs> and I, I do want to sort of create a movement where, yes, you know, 
Um, we do believe in the power of the inner experience and we do believe that these experiences happen for a reason and we can find meaning and a purpose through them. Completely. And, you know, I, I will go ahead and say that, like, I I felt scared to express my story. I felt, you know, I wouldn't say sh- ashamed, but I felt uh, I felt vulnerable and maybe, you know, I felt different to others to have experienced this. And I remember, you know, I think you mentioned sort of coming on the podcast over a year ago, maybe even more than that. And I would have ran so far (laughs) away. I was just not ready to, you know, because these feelings dominated because I felt different. I felt a bit like like an outcast, you know, because you don't very often hear of people who've experienced these kind of things. And I know for a fact that there are so many, you know, but... Uh, we don't we don't express the way things make us feel anymore or not as much as we should I think and and this is how we start to create this separation you know that makes that brings about a lot of pain because we feel like we're alone definitely and as humans all we want to do is be is be accepted and be a part of a community and feel like we're supported you know yeah and this is the only reason I'm doing this, you know, I'm really not somebody who needs to sort of share with everyone. You do love everything. being in the limelight. and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even feeling pressured by the invisible crowd that's listening to this. <laughs> no, but it's because in the most difficult times, the people who chose to love me saved my life, you know. And there is just such a beauty in that. And I have such respect for, you know, people who are willing to sort of hug the person that is hard to love in the moment. Because we don't, we, we don't want to open ourselves up to other people's pain. It's risky for us, you know. It doesn't make us feel good. And it's hard. But there is such power in that. And... This is the reason I'm doing that, you know, I, I want to I want to share with people that sometimes life gets tough and yeah. it's natural, it's normal and there really is beauty at the end of it all. And, yeah. and if there is anything you should believe, it's that there is support and and that it will it will pass. And I think <laughs> that brings me back to the very start of the podcast where we spoke about uh, the power of now. And he has this famous phrase, you know, which is this too will pass. And it just ties in perfectly to the idea of the seer in yoga, the idea of watching things as they come and they go, because eventually they will go. And it's my favorite thing to say in a yoga class, which is feel the stretch, which is always going to be a bit uncomfortable, you know, as you work your way into a muscle and allow the body to loosen and know that it's temporary. And the moment we understand that it's temporary, we just ease into it, you know. We just <laughs> let it go. We let go and we let it happen. Yeah. And I, it's, this, is, this too will pass is a really beautiful thing yeah. because there's nothing in life that's permanent, you know. 
So now that you've uh, accepted to have one conversation, I hope we'll have a few more. <laughs> I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. I yes. mean, for those listeners who don't know us personally, um, myself and Emmeline have had a very intertwined spiritual journey over the past more than five years. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, when you witness each other's journeys, you get a more sort of nuanced understanding of all the little challenges and all the, the things of significance that happened, you know, sort of around that. Um, so I hope we'll get the chance to dive into, you know, more things in the future. I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> so Emily will be back. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'd just like to end because you actually have a yoga class to teach <laughs> soon. <laughs> in one hour. Don't okay. <laughs> um, but again, so this is the Go Within podcast. Um, and I'd just like you to share some tools and techniques maybe you can go into a bit more specific detail because you you mentioned yoga and journaling but sort of some more essentials to going within how to support your go within journey maybe even to someone who's just hasn't even dipped their first toe into it Mm. so i really believe and there's nothing more beautiful than the power of ritual i think you know it's been a kind of uh, practice we've engaged in as humans from the very beginning you know of time and it's there's it's there's something so powerful about it and i really also believe in not necessarily going to an extreme depth of spirituality if that's not what you feel called to do i feel i feel like it's really important to listen to yourself and if this journey has taught me anything it's about me understanding myself more and being true to myself that's why i said before truth is such an important thing because only from our own truth can we start to move forward um so just engage in the things that feel right to you but let's say when i wake up in the morning i really love the ritual of just putting a candle on and maybe sitting in silence for two minutes and in that silence, you can choose to do whatever you want. You, you can say thank you for the new day that you've been gifted. You can be grateful for anything else you want to be grateful for. You can speak an affirmation if that works for you. And, you know, if you struggle with um, your own sort of self-esteem and, and your own uh, self-worth, that could be just saying um, I am good enough just as I am or you know, I appreciate all that I do, anything, it could be anything. You could choose to just visualize something that you want in your life in those two minutes. It doesn't really, it's more about taking time out from the world. And I know two minutes sounds ridiculous. It's like no time at all. And just connecting to this idea of quiet, this idea of serenity, this idea of peace for a moment, you know, before you go out into your day. Um... I, I, having said that, gratitude is a super powerful tool as well. You know, just ending your day by being, by by remembering what in your day was super, gave you a lot of joy and just being thankful for it. And maybe being thankful for the things that didn't give you that much joy. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, they are there for a reason. Um, I find, I don't know, for my kind of... Uh, life and body exercise really helps me you know whether it's a walk or a run I feel like that is always sort of me choosing to take time for myself and I think being quite disciplined with that is a a really useful tool to 
keep yourself on the in, you know on the right on the right it's sort of it's it kind of keeps you in that mode of myself matters <laughs> you exactly. know, my, my health and my well-being uh-huh. matters in that mode of i care yeah. for myself yeah. you know which it's, it's funny how much we struggle with that uh-huh. that's that's a whole other podcast that's a whole other podcast <laughs> yes <laughs> and coming back to the idea of ritual maybe ritual with your close friends you know whatever whatever ties you together whatever you believe in together having rituals around that whether it is lighting a fire and sitting together and sharing stories or I don't know having sort of a nature walk all together whatever it is something to to keep you in your tribe you know and and be able to share with others part of your life yeah Yeah. I don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect no I totally agree I mean rituals really play a big part of my daily Completely. Uh, my daily existence and I feel like particularly when we're stuck they do have this transformative uh, effect you know sometimes even the simplest of rituals can really give us a, a big release completely so and, yeah. <laughs> and this this morning ritual I think the most powerful thing about it is that it keeps you in tune with what makes you happy and what doesn't you know and at the end of the day we could mention a million different things but you need to do what makes you happy. That's how sort of it's all going to flow for you. That's how you keep choosing where you go in your life. And you can only do that if you're in touch with who you are and what you want. So this moment to just stop and understand what you choose to be grateful for or what you choose to visualize or what you choose to affirm always keeps you in in line with where you want to go in your life, you know, and there's power in that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> really, really beautiful conversation. And I, I'm sure a lot of people will relate to the things that we spoke about because, as we said, um, pain is a universal human experience. I don't think there's one human being that was born and lived a full life that didn't cry at least one tear. <laughs> That's something we all have in common. Completely. Um, so to you who are listening, thank you so much for listening to the whole of this conversation. Um, it means a lot to me that uh, people take an interest in, in these conversations and uh, especially here in Malta, we're a very small community. So connecting with like-minded people is it really gives me the inspiration to keep working on our mission uh, here at Sanya. So I would humbly ask you that if this conversation touched you, just reach out, let us know. Um, whether that's a like, a comment or a share, it really does mean a lot to me to know that I'm not talking into an empty void <laughs> yeah. and, and keeps me inspired to, to keep the, the conversations flowing. Um, and I think that's it. We did it. We did it. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> to many more. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so much. much and blessings on your inner journeys. <laughs> <laughs>
Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers.